It is Thursday, the 3rd of March, uh, 2016, and this is episode 273 of Digital Outbox. Forgot what year it was then. Not that this is repetitive. I'm Chris, your host, and uh, Ian's, <laughs> Ian's here as well. Hello, Ian. Evening, Chris. I'm, I'm still uh, guffawing at the fact that you just t- called me a tud and said I can't be polished. <laughs> Some, somebody had to say it to you. Somebody Thanks. had to say it. And, you know, it's, it's up to a friend to say it. <laughs> <laughs> never, never disclose private conversations. <laughs> On a podcast that's public. There we go. Let's get on with some news, shall we? The tech news this week. Um, Snoopers Charter, the thing that uh, will never go away. Um, basically, Theresa May's uh, put forward a an amended bill together, uh, which she says uh, basically wraps up most of the concerns that people had um, before. So they reckon they got the majority the 122 recommendations 122 in a bill is is a lot of recommendations anyway they reckon they've done that but at the same time they've also added new bits into this snoopers charter this is the the charter that allows uh, police and security services additional rights to hack and survey people basically uh, including that 12 months of storage of your online browsing history your connection records um they reckon they've got in some of the safeguards, things like um, they're calling it a double lock warrant. So there has to be ministerially and judicially approved before they can do some of these actions. Um, but this is this is the biggest um, charter that sets forward, you know, government surveillance that's ever, ever been written. Yes, and and it's, it's fine that she's highlighting these 122 recommendations made by MPs and peers. But some of them are fairly soft puffs, some, you know, weren't, weren't that consequential. And as, as you have already said, they've actually expanded in some of these bits, um, you know, so it's it's 12 months storage. And I think initially they were talking about um, how it was maybe just some things around illegal website and communication services, but it's now all web browsing records, it's everything. Um, uh, yes, it's all it's all, all records, but it's it's not just that the 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 number of sites or whatever has been increased. It's the it's the availability to police rather than just the security services. So this is a, an allowing. Um, and what they've said is that it's only going to be the biggest police forces or and in select divisions of those police forces that be allowed these rights. But um, nevertheless, that's potentially a lot of you know useful hacking data will be available to police, which is which is not the security services. Um, anyway, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, the, the the whole point of this bill is going to be they they'll get it through by by getting people just bored of it, uh, and, and that's this is already the, like the third time we've seen this thing. It'll come back and back and back, uh, and eventually people will just go, just do it. You know that that, and that's what they're relying on. Uh, so I think I mean they're hoping that this is going to be um, sort of relatively quickly now implemented, um, but they I guess they always say that right. Yeah, and and there was some. It was a little bit. There was a bit. But the Home Office said hacking powers dated from nineteen ninety seven. The Police Act and would most likely use only in exceptional circumstances, such as finding most likely. The, yeah. the, the language is most likely yes. only used in exceptional circumstances. Exactly. Two woolly phrases tied together, <laughs> which doesn't mean anything. 
However, <laughs> Detective Superintendent Paul Hudson, talking to a, a, a scrutiny committee, um, said such hacking powers were used in the majority of serious crime cases, which is very different from the kind of, you know... Only used in exceptional, exceptional circumstances. Yeah. yeah, but he refused to go further details. Of course he did, and, and and that's always going to be the case, so there's never going to be clarity or transparency in this, for for the very reason that, you know, if they released the way they hack things, then that would get locked down. Um, and, and, and some of those those methods that they hack things now are purely used by the security services, and they're, they're already moaning that their number of ways that they can hack devices are being reduced but as soon as it becomes more publicly available then then of course people are going to release patches and and fill those holes of course they are another case apple and the fbi so that's still rumbling on and will do so for some time uh, and they basically apple have plead and i guess the fbi as well both pleaded for Congress to come up with some legislation around this uh, this whole issue. So Apple being asked to uh, offer ways to crack their own devices and their phones, weaken their security, and, and Apple saying, no, we don't want to do that um, for the sake of everyone else's security. Um, and the argument's going backwards and forwards, and it's getting to the name-calling phase and the kind of more aggressive stances being taken. Uh, and I think the, the, the judge initially, I'm sure I heard on the radio the other day, sort of is, is starting to side with Apple at the moment. But say apple has asked for you know has asked for legislation on this and congress has come back and said no you give us suggestions and we'll tell you um whether we think they're right or not uh, so in, in other words congress is asking apple to write the law which is it just seems us about tit I, I, totally i mean i mean the, the, the kind of finished off you know as you said they'd said give us some suggestions because basically you don't want us to make the suggestions you won't like it and it was yeah, like, which is a bit what, sinister. It um, is a bit sinister, and and I don't know if you followed. I mean, it's I it, it was on the it was on all over Twitter really, and I was following um, film girls. So Christina Warren, who writes for Mashable, she was she did a really good job of almost like live tweeting as Congress, um, you know, debated with the Apple lawyers and then debated with the FBI chief. And some of it, some of the stuff that was coming out was was ridiculous. No, I mean the director of the FBI was basically saying, "Can we revert back to iOS seven or eight because we could we could crack that?" Um, whereas they've brought in a new one and we can't crack it, and that's not fair. <laughs> um, and and even some of the comments round about, um, you know, what they were asking for, they were saying we're not asking for a back door, um, but they want to come to take the vicious guard dog away and let us pick the lock. Mm. So basically, make it easier for people's data. And this is the thing. So the big argument isn't whether Apple should help in this case. It's if they weaken encryption, all our data is more susceptible to be hacked. That's the issue. Yeah, for so me anyway. allow anyone in, you know, put a door in a big six-foot wall and, and other people will get through that door other than the people that you want through it. Um, yes, so it's all a bit... I mean, one one thing, I, I mean, I did say that that Congress statement was a little bit, uh, it sort of feels wrong. Um, but then again, that's probably Congress just, to, you know, admitting that they don't really understand the full issues and the chances of them coming to the right decision um, without, you know, expert advice from someone like an Apple, then, then you know, you're, the chances are they're, gonna, they're not going to make the right call in the end because they'll, you know, at the end of the day, the FBI's part of the same massive you know, organization isn't it really yeah and, and they're both, there's both there's, there's there's definitely a bit of show about the whole thing um but but at the same time i still think apple's taken you know the right stand they didn't have to do it's this. taken a stance and and you're right no they didn't have to and they probably end up looking worse um 
in in many people's eyes because of it i think the american people are currently showing that they don't always have a brain between their um ears um at the moment is becoming apparent um so you know they're not gonna look good to those those people let's build a wall build a wall um and sort of on that same topic apple's hired uh a guy who was praised by Edward Snowden for his for his strong encryption, so they've actually brought this guy in specifically to help them with you know further their encryption efforts and further their security. Uh, he's been he's known for his um, sort of messaging security, uh, which is yeah. another topic that the, the NSA certainly don't want them strengthening any further. Nope. So he works on this app called Signal, and he is uh, basically doing some. Um, intern work summer work at apple which i'm sure will be interesting to see i mean I, what's going to come of this and I, I i don't think it's i don't think it's clear from you know what microsoft and google are saying you know but i we're going to see a, a more strongly encrypted and possible hack iphone um, I, and i wonder even if they'll go as far as to saying actually see the phone that because the big thing about this one is see if they hadn't see if the this this terrorist hadn't used a four-digit code they wouldn't be able to hack it you know, it just yes. would have been one of these things. So, so I do wonder if Apple will actually say, can't use just four numbers anymore, guys. You're going to have to make it a bit harder. By default, we are going to make this. And and that's what this guy is known for. He's he's known for adding the addition. He's he's taken out the user susceptibility. So where, you know, you tell users to use strong passwords, but they don't. So that that's a, that's a user-induced sort of weakness there. Um, and, and, and this guy's working out ways that you can get around that so yes you're right it might well do an unhackable phone for all the benefits and drawbacks that that brings with it you know oh it's like it's like two-factor authentication uh, i've got it switched on a lot of accounts now but it is a pain mm-hmm. um but at the same time every time i go to log in it's like it's there for a reason yep yep trolls who use fake profiles will face prosecution so this is new new rules coming in um from the crown prosecution service saying um, that if you do use fake profiles to to harass and bully and um, you know otherwise um, stalk or whatever online, then you will face prosecution. Um, there, I say, this is kind of an expansion to the rules that they they've already putting in place and sort of making stronger to deal with these new threats. And this actually seems a, a, a sensible set of um, laws that they're, that they're proposing, and and with things like you know. Um, don't just target kids because probably they don't understand what they're doing. Um, you know, so don't just jail every kid that's doing it, or you know, go to a juvenile court and, and you know punish them. But equally, it's targeting the ones that are you know maliciously on um, social media, particularly going after women. You know, so false accounts and doing lots of things to you know put people at harm. And it's almost, I mean, it's a form for me. It's a sort of form of you know stalking and harassment and. It's, it's good to see that this is... This well, it's is a particularly well. ugly face of the internet and, and one that Absolutely. is has been proved on multiple occasions to be, you know, uh, you know, it's a thing. It's just some some tossers out there, you know, are knobs and they need to be stopped. And this is what the way that they can be stopped. So their legislation is coming around to that. So that sounds like a reasonable response. Um, government's closing loopholes on iPlayer. Um, so this is a loophole where you don't have to have a TV license to sometimes watch some of the back catalogues. Although I, th- I thought you could, but clearly it's not enforceable or something along those lines because they are now going to shut that off by trying to bring in new sort of legislation on that. 
I think, and I think in the past when they talked about you're watching it on your computer, it was all around you're watching it live on your computer. You're watching... So it's only when it's live. So catch up was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to shut down because because clearly more and more people are saying actually I I don't care about live and what a lot of people don't watch live anymore. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You know. So so don't uh, pay the bill because I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah prove, prove that I'm watching live. I don't watch live. I'm not going to pay it. And it's now now being closed to say if you want to watch this content, you have to pay it. And. You know, I don't want to get into the debate about whether this is a good or a bad thing, but nevertheless, if it is a thing, then I guess they need to try and close that loophole, however they do it. Uh, Yeah, it's difficult because the BBC is definitely under, I mean, it's under the cosh. And there's a Mm -hmm. whole lot of stuff this week about how, you know, even its most successful programmes like Bake Off and Casualty and some of these other ones, you shouldn't be making them. Let, Let ITV make them. They'll make more money off adverts and you can go and do something else. Mm. And it's just it's, to me, it's just again this erosion of what the BBC is. Don't do anything popular. Yeah, and well, every time they do do or make something popular or make, they've done it with sports before, where they they make that sport popular and then uh, they have to sell it off because they they can't justify well, the, the the popularity that it's attracted. Basically, I mean, sports sport and BBC is amazing compared to what it was years ago. It's just mm. how little there is. Yes. You know, everything's either shared Well, they had to, you know, down. Grandstand used to be a really popular thing and that had to shut because there was nothing to show on it other than horse racing and then that went to Channel 4. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, Slack, the kind of communication software. So this is like a messaging slash forum slash, I don't know what else really. But anyway, they're going to add video and voice chat to it. So this is like the soon. enterprise email killer that it gets tagged as. Um, so, so this is, I think it was last year they they bought a product all around um, voice and and um, video, and they're now integrating that. So from yesterday, I think on Mac and on Chrome, you can now just if you're in a Slack channel and there's four people there, you can just say let's start a let's start a voice chat, and um, everybody gets a link, click on it, boom, um, and it's screen hero. Yeah, that was one the bot. So, um, I do, I do think this, and it's interesting to talk to about how they've got two point three million daily active users, which sounds are, tiny compared to most social kind of ab- enterprises. Absolutely, but the amount of active users they're seeing is that that is one hundred and forty minutes of users per user per weekday. So this is yeah. So basically, that two point three million users are highly active on the service. Not only that, um. This is all in the corporate kind of arena, which which doesn't see any of these social things. So this is this is a different thing. This is not, you know, this is not Facebook where people use that a lot at home, or whatever. This is a corporate kind of social arena, and and that's new ground, and it's clearly catching on. I mean, certainly everyone we work with at the moment is is going that direction. And I do think all the integrations as well. You know, it just mm-hmm. offers a, a really rich place but I, I, I do think it's at the same time it's an email killer it's a it's just another it's another place where lots of stuff's going to start to congregate you know yes so and as soon as it becomes busier then it becomes harder to organize um, the, the difference yeah. to me it's a shared email you know yes, so it's like yes. I, you can have those chats and conversations and people can can all join in and see it and it's not and, hidden and in. it is easier than i mean skype for all it's benefits that it brings the, the the searching ability of past conversations and finding out where something has been said before is almost impossible in skype whereas the search in slack is relatively good and therefore you can go back and find out where you were chatting about a particular issue i mean it's it's never perfect but it, you know it is better than 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 skype is at that absolutely 
Raspberry Pi 3 coming soon. Going to add Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Still going to be cheap, but 30 quid. Not just coming soon, it's out. Oh, there we go. So this is, this is um, so I've got a little Raspberry Pi. I don't know if I've you've, got one. Yep. Okay. And um, massively successful. So that's the, they're now the most the most successful British computer. Um, so they've sold 8, minute, eight million units. Yeah. And um, and the nice thing about the Pi 3, I mean, to have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, because I got the Pi 2, um, got the what everybody recommended, so you need a power supply, you yeah, yeah. case. Well, once you've got it all attached, it's a bit of a pain. Uh, you need to so recommend get a little Wi-Fi dongle, get a little Bluetooth yeah. dongle, and you plug them in, you're like, oh, and I need to get to Git, I need to download <laughs> the source, I need to compile it, oh, it's the wrong version. Oh, it's still not working. Oh, I'll do a reboot. And you still, there's, that, there's still that faff and about factor, but see, once that was done, and we go, you know, and this is to have that all built in, and yep. there's little, there's little packs. Well, it saves and it saves USB slots as well. That's the other thing. Absolutely. So there's little packs now going around, or like you know, so it's thirty quid to buy, but fifty quid, and you get case, power supply, and that's kind of what I ended up doing, and it was yep. very easy for me to get on on and and sort that out. So yeah, and it's now up to uh, I mean, it's a quad quad core computer. Yeah, sixty four bit quad core, and it's so fifty percent more powerful than before. Um, you know, and say there's so many different uses you can have for it. a lot of people do use it as a kind of media device um but you know you can use it as an embedded um chipset on you know inside your own hacks or or just use it as a little com- computer replacement and, I've, and I've, for me it's my always on thing so i don't i always i've always so I'm, I'm doing a little kind of little i guess iot type things mm-hmm. you know like measure this and test that and check this and the fact that it can just sit and it makes no noise, and it's yep. it's burning very little power, and but it's... well, it can run off of a USB off, off of your another devices, you know, whatever. So, yeah, you're right. Great, very, amazingly, I might even buy the new one, and and repurpose the old one in a different environment. Amazon's going to start selling fresh food and um, fresh and frozen food from Morrison's. So Morrison's have uh, struck a deal with them. So Amazon are going to be a basically a reseller. Oh, it's not a reseller, is it? They've got a they've got an agreement with Morrison's to supply them with their their sales. So they get Amazon get to choose their prices, um, and they will be offering delivery within the hour to certain locations around the country. Uh, and next day delivery on sort of these grocery box type ideas. Um, Never leave the house again. Yeah, I mean, obviously all the supermarkets have seen quite a growth in their their, their click and collect sort of deliveries, but not within an hour and, and, and not while you're shopping for anything else you happen to be shopping for on Amazon. So it's kind of another big play to say Amazon's not just a, a shop, it's actually the high street, right? Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's just the fact that they've tied up with Prime and Prime now. So if you want to deliver in an hour, £7. If you're happy, I'll deliver in two hours. Um, it's free if you're a Prime user. You know, I, so I mean, what is it that you're going to need within an hour <laughs> that you I, can't wait to? I would quite like some ice cream right now. But it's still going to be an hour. And if you're going to already wait an hour, you might as well wait two. And there's, exactly. So there'll, there'll, there'll always be something. There'll be some people somewhere willing to pay that seven quid. Of course. Because I, I need something right now. You know, I need, I don't know, I'm about to, somebody's about to arrive and I'm doing a dinner party and I need something, you know, I need I need cream. Emergency cream! <laughs> <laughs> but but there's, there, I, I assume there'll always be, and, and it'll be interesting to see what the stats are around how many people are paying that that's 5 yeah. or 6 for that prime, that hour delivery. 
and are, are, are also just saying actually the, the two hours is fantastic but it is going to put even more pressure on an already under pressure uh, segment it's amazing to think that probably just 10 years ago the the supermarkets were some of the biggest companies in the world um and and mm. they're under massive stress at the moment I mean, tesco was thought of as unstoppable it was the behemoth it was it was massive and, 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 and it was like i mean there was programs on tv you know it's taking over your corner shop it's taking over everywhere it's yeah. fighting the local corners you know fighting all these big stores as well yeah it's it's like was there not something about 30 or 40 percent of uk shopping was done in a tesco uh it was it was when you went did it on the pound by pound basis it was like almost like one in every two pounds of, of yeah. food shopping it was and ridiculous that's, and that's popped and, and interestingly and, and fair enough it's a it's a consultancy so who knows they're just written about some of these guys um, but Tesco could soon be about to find out what it's like to be David rather than Goliath, because Amazon's got the, it's got that infrastructure nailed, and it's got it's trusted. You know, when when Amazon start adding new services on, you just think that's great. And that interesting, works. where where all the all the you know, Tesco and and Morrison's have been seen as the bullies before now about you know what they're demanding from their producers. Well. Now Amazon can pick up and drop it, any of these, you know, it's only, like I say, it's only a, a deal with Morrison's, but who's to say tomorrow they won't do a deal with Tesco and then Morrison's is just going to get dropped in the... You know, and so and Morrison's just... share price went up because it was seen as a really good opportunity for them to, you know, sell more because um, they seemingly they had a bit of capacity where, where other, you know, because they, they make a lot of their own produce yep. um, rather than I think a lot of the other ones are mostly bought in. Um, so it seemed to be a, a kind of win-win in Amazon. It kind of filled a gap for them. So it was it's all good. They're adding, Amazon are also adding um, more to their Echo family. So the Echo is their kind of in-house, um, you know, voice activated search um, and uh, and a- access to the Amazon, in, you know, uh, well, empire, I guess. Uh, and they've got two different devices. They've got something called uh, a tap and another one called a dot. Uh, and they're kind of all doing the similar things, but just in different sort of forms. Um, so the dot is actually an add your own speaker type option. So it does; it's got the processing unit, but you you add your own speakers or or plug it into your existing sort of hi-fi system, uh, and it still has that kind of voice at a range um, detection. Um, not available in the UK still, um, but nevertheless, we're keeping a keen eye on it. I, I'm I'm very tempted just to buy one from America, you know, and 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 use it because it's. I think last year there were only there was only like you could do things you know with their own music system, own music service, and do other bits and pieces. But I think it was I think it was around about October, November time they opened it up to other developers and APIs. So it can now do three hundred things. You know you can ask it things and order things and check things and it's just it. Soon I see people using it, it's like that. That just looks so so great. So even we've talked before. You were about, very very cynical when it first started. I, I remember I, when we I'm were very on the cynical podcast. in voice. I'm yeah. very cynical in voice because I have a lot of there's a lot of things that do not work with my voice. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, Ted I, I, polishing, yeah. Uh, and uh, even even if you go if you just Burniston, eleven. And if if you know if if you know what I'm on about, you know what I'm on about. And if you don't go go to YouTube and just if do you don't Burn- you don't live in Scotland. Burniston and eleven. No, no, no. But Burniston was on UK wide. wasn't wasn't just a it wasn't just like maybe late night. Here. <laughs> Still, but anyway, the um, but but so there's a I, I do have generally have quite a lot, and I think back to like FIFA and having to put on a Cockney accent for the voice to work. <laughs> so substitute, 
<laughs> I mean, I sounded like bomb dogs, and it was like I just, I just, I just felt dirty. So the I always have an issue with voice, especially something that is only voice, and that's the whole point of the echo. You can't yeah. interact with it any other way, and that was why I was quite mm. don't think this is going to work. But when you see all the videos, it, it works, and it's got so many integrations. It's not just for like ordering stuff; it's also now got all the and you know smart things around the house. So instead of having to find the app on your phone to change well, it, your it, Philips yeah, Hue if this then that got integrated didn't it I think yeah so you can just start to see you know lights off lights on you know cinema and it, and, it, and if you've got all the Philips Hue stuff it just yeah. does all that and it's like seeing just for that interface that is that's gold yeah um you know and it's and it's like you know if I can just sit there and go you know turn this on turn this off do this change that fantastic and I, and I love all that smart home stuff that's what it's got really interesting for me but it just frustrates me that it's not in the UK. Uh, and you can't, I can't imagine it's going to be very long, although it's been longer than I thought it would be. You know, for a device that clearly exists, maybe it is the voice recognition that they have to add a whole ton more. You know, uh, I saw an argument that says that they've, they've probably got it tuned for American voices and not yeah. for like all the European and, and UK dialects. And it's like, hold on, if it can pick up the difference between some in California and some pig thick racist in the South of America. I, I think it can work. In, I think it can work here as well. <laughs> there's a fair, there's a, <laughs> there's a fairly wide uh, remit of accents, including <laughs> what did what did you call them? <laughs> I don't. Let's not go there. Pig shit, thick South Southerners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, Ian's point of view, not necessarily <laughs> the point of view of digital outbox. <clears throat> you boys ain't from round here. <laughs> you sure got a pretty mouth. Um. Phantom 4 drone. Oh. The new so the Phantom drone. You've got one. You've got the Phantom 3, is it? I have the Phantom 3, yes. And as did Bomb Dogs before he drowned it. Oh, you are such <laughs> such a Snyder for even bringing that up. Drowned it in drowned it in a weir. And, and, and the thing is, it's a laugh and the smell on your face. It's like, ha ha, you lost 1200 quid. I, I, yeah, and like, it's not funny thing at all. But, it is. but I'm pretty sure <laughs> if I crashed, it would also be a not funny, funny thing in my car, right? Just wait if for I the, run over some tires, just wait for the laughter later this year. <laughs> yeah, the, the smirk. <laughs> anyway, the, the, this is always going to attract attention because they kind of nailed it with the Phantom 3 and they've added more to their Phantom 4. It's, it's become a very popular device. Um, you know, and it, they've added a collision, <laughs> collision detection a little bit too late, but they've added it now. So <laughs> just let it go, man. <laughs> so the, the thing for me is there's been lots of people trying to chase the perfect, easy to use drone. Yes. So the first versions of drones were a How bit How many kickstarts have they been? Yeah, and the first the first drones were all a bit, you know, you need to understand, you know, A, they're expensive, B, prone to crashing, you have to be a bit more careful, weren't very intelligent. Phantom 2 started adding a bit. But even then, if you wanted the you know iPhone or iPad or, or Android screen, you had to have a light bridge, and it all added up to a lot of money. Yeah. And the Phantom 3, it was Paul um, that, that picked one up first. And I was just amazed at what you got. You know, bang for buck, I thought that was really good. He drowned his first as well. Yeah. <laughs> Let it go. Can't believe you're doing this. And um, but, but there are challenges. So there's things like Return to Home. Is on the Phantom Three, but Return to Home only works at the height you set it at. So if it does, you know, if you, I'm pressing Return to Home, thinking, look at you, you're you're, you're loving yourself right now in tears, <laughs> in absolute tears. Um, I'm sorry, so, Paul. 
<laughs> so return to home um, worked as long as there's no obstacles in the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, it it sounds... and it wasn't underwater. <laughs> and it sounds... <laughs> and it sounds daft, but but basically you set, like, you set it to 20 metres, return to home, and if something was at 21 metres and it was in the way, it would hit it. Right, okay. A lot of people were like, that's rubbish, but it didn't have a way of detecting it. So Phantom 4's got a couple of sensors at the front that says, I can see an object in front of me, stop. Which, which is, which is you would have thought, though, it kind of needs sensors in 360. Or, you know, exactly, because degrees. it still doesn't stop. So there's still you. more to come here. Uh, it, yeah, because, I mean, and, but I, they'll be looking at what is the most common collisions yes. and most common forms of damage. So it's got yeah, because it's all, cost, it's all cost-reward basis, isn't it, yeah. basically? So it's got sensors underneath so it can detect the ground and see things. Mm-hmm. It's got sensors at the front. And one of the guys I worked with said, but you need one above or else you could fly into like a branch. And yeah. it's like, that is that is true, but there's less, unless you're, unless you're bomb, there's less. <laughs> that wasn't me. That wasn't even me. <laughs> I know, but it was like an open goal. It was like an open goal and I couldn't miss. So unless, unless you're bomb and you go up and hit a tree and you fall into water, then this might not be for you. So it's still uh, and, not and there was another. We talked about a drone not too long ago. Actually, that is adding that th- full 360 bubble kind of vision, and uh, and it won't be long. I don't think. The, the, and there's other ones like that. I think it was the Lily. Was the one that in Kickstarter was the whole. It's a little little thing that you can you know be underwater and you can be anywhere. You throw it in the air and it just you know like kind of wakes up. Everything switches on. Yeah. It follows you, and it's a lot more intelligent. But it's not out, and it's been talked about for eighteen no, months. No, no, they, they, and it's not out, and it, because it felt like a thing that it's was too hard. good to be true, and and it, the chances are it is too good to be true. And yes. certainly, if you throw it on the top of a mountain, the chances of it coming having the motor power to come back <laughs> top of a Scottish mountain, you, it's going to be able to be Absolutely. able to do seventy miles an hour. Otherwise, it's, I, I it's mean, off. I, I had mine out on Sunday morning, and I was up, I was up, I was up quite far north, and it was minus seven. And the impact on the battery life, the impact on, and you, you, you know what it's like, yeah. you know, up, you know, hill walking, wind, cold. I mean, even a 40 mile an hour gust, that means something's got to go at 40 miles an hour just to stay stationary. Yeah. And some of the big industrial ones can do all that. But for these ones that are about, you know, a thousand yeah. pound mark, there's yeah, only no, so much they can do. No way. Yeah. yeah. No way. Um, so, so getting back to this, it's, um, it, they've also done some smart stuff around software so it can track you based on you, you put a basically you, you highlight yourself on the in the video and um, once it's already launched and it will see you and it will track you as you move around so it'll even do some of that that's nice yeah so that's the sort of things like that are nice they've um, made the battery bigger and um, the overall weight is slightly less because they've done some better stuff around the shell and mm-hmm. um, raised the propellers up a bit so they shouldn't clash in, as much in video all in all, it looks it looked amazingly it might, good. I think. It might be one of their last hurrahs, and maybe they're you know rushing to get these things out because at the moment the regulation looks like it might become down hard on these kind of devices. DJI have done more than anybody else. They're the biggest. They're the biggest consumer drone manufacturer, but they have done lots of work, particularly in the US, roundabout. We'll update our firmware. We'll lock off areas. So now the new firmware doesn't let me go anywhere near like a football stadium or any public stadiums. I am locked we- out from doing it. Yeah, fine. Okay, they're doing this stuff, but they're only doing it because they know if you know they've got to try and keep on top of it. You know, got to, well, for them, it's a lucrative market because they're not cheap. I mean, this is um, it's thirteen hundred pound in the UK, so it's not a it's not a cheap investment to make, and um, you do need to be conscious of the surroundings, weather impacts. You know, where's where's this bloody thing flying? At the end of the um, day, this thing is c- capable of you know 
hurting someone badly. So. Well, 45 miles an hour. This, the, the new one goes at. And, yeah, and 45 was an miles an hour into someone's face is... is well, unfortunately, it was an instant not so long ago when it, when it, was a, it, it went into a child's eye and, and cut mm. the eye. So it's, it's, they are not toys. No. But this looked a fantastic release. Yep. Um, not enough for me to upgrade. So a couple of people have been saying, oh, you'll be upgrading. It's like, no, because I've, I've, I've not been out with my own one No, that this often. is the, uh, yeah, this is and the iPhone 5S rather than the 5, isn't it? You're waiting I, for the... I, Well, I don't even know. It's, it's the kind of thing where if I was out every weekend, yeah, then maybe. I'm not. Yeah. So and it's, it's one of these things. You haven't it's... maximized the potential of your existing one rather than, yeah, chasing uh, it yet. No. And, as, and I'm, I'm hoping as the year goes on, the weather's a bit better. I mean, certainly the weather's been a challenge up here. Yeah, um, yeah, and as we're as we're getting out of you know wet and windy season, it becomes a better better chance. Yeah, Microsoft is announcing its Hololens development kit, so you can pre-order that. It's three thousand dollars though, so it's expensive. Um, they're obviously keeping in line with the the kind of pre-orders that have happened for Vive, and you know we're we're soon to see the actual production of the Oculus. Um, and yeah, this is this is kind of aimed at a different market or they don't really know what their market is yet um but the development kit you know is now available to pre-order and signs are you you know if you're interested in this as a developer kit as as a developer you just have to apply and then there's still a good chance that you'll be put to the front of the list if you're deemed a a good choice of person who's looking at it yes and it is expensive um but the 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 main differential is this is augmented not virtual So this is and additions to the reality that you're seeing around. The HoloLens itself is the PC. So it's like a mobile device and the headset. It, it's not tethered. Yes. So, you, yes, you're not, you don't have to have a whole setup of, uh, you know, cameras and trackers and things around to, to actually get this thing to work. Um, but but I think we're, it's, it's fair to say they're still early in this doors. And, and probably the reason they're announcing these developer kits now is just to keep in the the loop as it were yeah. absolutely i mean i was and i can't remember if I, I know i talked to you about it off podcast because i remember at the time it was a bit like it's not much i can say i've been lucky enough to try one mm. um and certainly all the reports that are there about the how limited the view is uh, is, is an issue for it mm. i think it's it, that underwhelms but the overall experience is very good so it, it talk, they talk in the articles and how it does support skype and I just do some really smart thing around Skype, you know, being able just to move your Skype window anywhere yes. that you want to put it. Um, there is a there is that potential for this this for certain people could be a kind of future computer type world, and and they do need to start somewhere. But this is a start. This feels like a Windows three. Yes. Okay. And we're a good well away from getting to how mature we are right now. The difference in display technology as well. They're they're sort of touting that as you know, it's much more comfortable to wear for longer periods of time because uh, it's not having a, a full screen just just in front of your eye. It's sort of it's it's kind of transmitting that picture in a in a more natural way to your eye. So it should feel more comfortable and certainly less disorientating that you get you know inside of the 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 headsets when it blocks off reality from around you. Um, I, I was surprised at some of the battery life that we're talking around. Um, so we're talking about two to three hours of battery life, which is a lot less than I I was shown and got told last year. Um, right. So clearly they've maybe not got to where they thought they would have got to. Maybe yeah. So they they probably realised to actually get that to strap that number of batteries to your head is not not tenable. Yeah, and, and and also maybe the as I said, what what we what it was described to us as is um, is a mobile device and a headset, 
and looking at the looking at the stats, you know, so they've not talked about CPUs, but they've said two gig of RAM. Yeah, so it's, t- it's kind of lower numbers than you expect. It's thirty-two bit architecture as well. But it's a mobile phone architecture and a headset. But most mobile phones are sixty-four bit nowadays. So. Uh, they are, but but some a lot of them are still two gig. I think it's only the Samsungs that have come out there four gig. You know, so and I guess there's the argument that if you're if you've only got two gig of RAM, then what's the point of going to sixty-four bit architecture? It's just you know you're uh, not going to make it good use. And, and, and that's why I'm saying it's it's there's there's some there's some compromises I've had to make. Obviously, they're sitting there and saying, what do we do? You know, to make it affordable and lighten ahead and hit the battery lives that we're looking to hit, but also to get something out there because they do have something that is, as I said, there, there is definitely something quite compelling when you have it on and you're and you're looking around and you're going, you know, you start you move an object and you turn away and you do something else and you turn back and it's still there. Yeah. And yeah. it recognizes a surface. You know, so if I take a ball and throw it at a shelf, it'll hit off the shelf boxes, you know, and I can you know, I can I can take things out and drop it, and it recognises I'm dropping onto that surface at, at three feet high. But if I and it will stay intact. But if there was nothing there and it drops to the floor, it smashes. So it's yeah, it's, it's, it's quite stuff. intelligent, and it's and it's using a lot of the Xbox technology yeah. to do the scanning of the environment. The there's, type things, yeah. there's there's lots there, and I think it just needs a chance. But it feels it feels very early for me. Yes, yeah, and and I think I don't think they're trying to pretend it's anything else other than that at the moment. No. Okay, well, I'm 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 aware that we've always been chuffing on for a bit but this Have next we? story for me is um is it's quite a big one really microsoft been out telling us what the future of their gaming empire is going to be um and it seems that they're they're aiming for this combined and uh approach with with xbox and windows 10 and part of that is going to be that you have this this platform that games run on, and then the games will flex to their platforms. Very very PC gamerish. Um, so you know, games are will ha- run at different resolutions and have different textures and stuff based on the device you're on. And and one of the things that they're kind of touting is that um, that means that they can upgrade console hardware sort of mid generation or, or on a continuous basis basically so they're saying that you you know no longer will we have things like xbox one it'll just be the you know over time it'll be the console and it just keeps getting better and theoretically your your games will still run on that um but also the latest games could back, be backwards compatible so they, if you're running a slightly older box you could potentially run the new games but as, as a lower resolution um that that that's the kind of vision of it and and they also want to say there should be no difference between the gamers on windows and xbox so windows games can play against xbox gamers things like that um anyway that's the vision and i have to I have to say i was a bit dismayed by it <laughs> and, uh, i imagine i'm not alone um i, but- I was i was a bit confused if, if i'm honest um mm. because part of me thought it was a bit bull what, what they were talking about this idea that they can take something like an xbox one and it's a console and halfway through its life, we'll make it upgradable and we'll release some sort of upgrades. But but they'll still release one game and it'll work for everybody. And it's the same shared experience. I'm like, ah, this doesn't feel... What it, what it sounds like is true. PC gaming. And the whole reason that PC gaming went down the toilet and console gaming became so strong was because it became a right pain in the ass trying to work out and keep up to date with your PC and in, order, in order to, you know, to keep on top of everything. And that's that's part of the reason I kind of quit PC gaming, if it, if you if you call it that, because I was wanting to move to Mac, and Mac gaming was not non-existent, but but pretty but nowhere nowhere near compared to PC gaming. I was frustrated with the whole 
buying, you know, spending a grand, 1,500 quid on a PC. Um, it would have fans coming everywhere. It was noisy as hell, um, dealing with Windows. Um, and at the same time... The and, then still, card, and then still find that you can't run the latest games anywhere near the, like, the highest specs. So every year felt like a, a kind of graphics card upgrade. Yep. And even after that yearly upgrade, you'd be like, oh, so is it RAM? Is it CPU? And and I, I just get tired of that whole thing. Um, and and I've kind of enjoyed just having a console and just worrying about buying a game. You know, that's that's, I've got, that's all I need to do. You yep. know, and and I accept all the yes, I can go and get a gaming PC, and the graphics will be far better, and I could be sharper. I could be running stuff in 4K and all sorts of nonsense compared to what I've got in the console. But consoles are dead easy. I can I can fire it up. It's really quick. I'm in a game. I'm online. Done, and not only done. that, a game on a console, a console game is going to be the same experience no matter which who who's running it, right? So you shove the disc in, and you know that that developer has made that game for that console and optimized it for that console. And they, you know, as time goes on, as although time goes on and a console spec obviously reduces compared to a PC. The amount of optimizations that developers by the end of the sort of seven year cycle will get to the the games that they develop at the end of a cycle are, are in you know they're not even comparable to the games that people make at the beginning of the, the they're actually far far better and actually normally in line with the kind of spec increases that you get on pc and okay they start lagging and as soon as they start lagging a little bit then the next cycle starts and and, and the whole shebang starts again um and and you lose all of that so there, there's going to be no incentive to optimize for the hardware because what's hardware do you optimize for? So that's it, it just doesn't. So it, it sounds like they're introducing a whole lot of stuff back in that I deliberately went to console to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. I, but it did also make me think: Is this Microsoft? So so PlayStation, I think, are up at around forty million. I think it was forty or forty-three million consoles sold. Mm. Um, Xbox One is round about. 20 17 million something like that and the reason the reason xbox have, well, have constantly refused to give out official figures but ea this week i think said it's now over 60 million you know new generation platforms yeah um and and, and that meant ps4 and yeah and, and so xbox. It was double double ps4 and, and sony it? i think are very clear about their 43 million sold you know yeah. not in the shops sold so we could say 17 million xbox um and it's, the thing that's interesting around that for me is that so so PS4 is totally blown away Xbox, but if you look at the if you look at back into the last generation, Xbox have sold at the same rate. So Xbox One have sold at the same rate as the 360. The big difference this time is PS4 have have, have nailed it. You know they've got the right combination of price, performance, um, games for that people want to play. It's it's worked for whatever reason. It's worked whether it's the mixed messages that Xbox had at the start. So is this is this announcement about unifying the platforms? Is this them saying this might be our last console? We might just revert to go and develop and see if you want to pick up a PC, uh, or you want to pick up a you know a, some sort of PC that works under the TV. M- much more like the Valve model that's the Valve is trying to make a gaming PC that yeah yeah. I read this and thought this is this feels like you're going to start saying. We're making the big decision now to unify these platforms. So yeah. if we, if you're developing PC, you've, you're developing for Xbox because that was another other claim. You know, by doing this overnight, we've you know we've you know quadrupled the amount of Xbox One games that are in development right now. Um, and equally, if you're developing Xbox One, there's a PC market. We're making it dead easy to access a new market for you. But are are they then saying we'll let this ecosystem grow over the next few years? And it might actually say. 
computer, not to release a console anymore. Here's all these great gaming hardware. They're, they're talking about it's it's the it's the it's the it's the kind of Windows 10 platform, aren't they? I don't know what the, the exact words are, and and anything that complies with that platform, any application that will run on that platform will run on you know any of those things. So, but it, but again, they're trying to cover off tablets all the way through to you know the the latest high end PCs. So that platform is supposed to be really really wide, but and that's where I, I fail to see how you can optimize for uh, for that. No, I totally agree, and there's some vagueness as well because they, they keep on saying that that in some ways Windows 10 is our last Windows release because we're going to go into this continual every six months, new Windows, new Windows, new Windows. But it won't be like a Windows 10, a Windows 11, a Windows 12. It's just constantly upping on what the current Windows platform is. And there's also this idea of a universal Windows app. If I write an app for Windows 10, it'll work on phone, tablet, whatever PC, Well, they're saying anything that runs this universal Windows platform. So, in- Including a Surface Hub, so that's the big devices, including a HoloLens. It's yeah. it's a it's a grand vision to have, but my, my fear is it does feel like the console that we kind of know and love yep. is it almost feels like I could look at this announcement and take it as you've kind of killed off your baby here. It's, and you know they've been they've been sort of trying to bubble that console off for for years now. Actually, it's come up every you know not you know not unregularly that they keep saying that they're going to bubble it off into its own thing and and let it live or die off that. Um, probably because it is costing them a lot of money, I imagine. Um, but but you know, let's let's see where it goes. But I just think it's a shame because all they really need to do for the next gen console was do Xbox 360 uh, with higher specs, and and they would have been in a, probably a much better position than they are currently, which is a sad thing. Yep, and I mean Phil Spencer, it's just a, it's a weird quote. We believe we will see more hardware innovation in the console space than we've ever seen. We'll see us come out with new hardware capability during a generation. So it almost feels like this is all geared up to a year or two down the line, there's going to be an updated Xbox One available. Mm. Um, and we'll then, have and Xbox then, One Plus, and the Xbox One games will play on it, but Xbox One Plus games won't play on the Xbox One, so you have to upgrade to go and play the latest version. Yeah, yeah. Or if they do play on it, you don't get all these textures, and yeah. they'll be showing you all these differences. Or you'll be able to play it, but it won't work with VR. You know, so VR That's... seems to be a, a bit of a gap for them right now. Even though they're saying it supports Oculus, it's watching movies. And... Microsoft has been making some good decisions recently. Maybe this is one of them, and I just cannot see it yet. Who knows? Yeah, it just, it just, it it just feels... No, I, I agree, because there's a lot of vagueness around the words. Yes. things that you can take things either way. Yeah. I just... I just, I just, I looked at it, and although I was super excited, I said it again, about buying a cons, a, a gaming PC last week, I kind of cooled down, and then I read this, and I was like, this is what, I, this is what I don't want to do. I don't want a box under my TV that I'm updating every two years. Yeah. Um, Minecraft VR has also caught a lot of attention at the same uh, convention. <clears throat> um, so this was the kind of first time that Vive users, oh, no, it wasn't Vive, it was Oculus users, wasn't it? Um, were able to get into a Minecraft game for real. So you could actually put on a headset and be inside of your Minecraft creation. Uh, and from from everything they've been saying, it's you know it's everything that you'd expect it to be. It's a fully engrossing, um, balmy thing where you're living inside of this Minecraft world for all the pluses and minuses that brings with it. Um, uh, you know, just making everything feel sort of <laughs> so weirdly real, yet you can only really live in it for a little bit because it makes you feel a bit ill. And, and, and as you said, it was on Oculus um, and the article read really well. So this was at the next web and it was all going really good. 
and then the, the, the author then said, then the fatigue set in. And it was, it was, they were, sort of, they were saying it's normal when experiencing VR for the first time, your eyes get tired and all this kind of thing. But then the bit that, that and then, and then she said, when I rode the cart, I felt my stomach lurch, but not in the right way. And you're like, oh. And I'm thinking, she's been sitting playing for an hour. You know, and then it's like, I left the 12 minute demo. It's like, that's after 12 minutes. And she said she felt ill for the rest of the day. And there have been plenty of reports that this, this does happen. Uh, you know, some people are very, very susceptible to that kind of motion sickness. Um, yeah. But, but nevertheless, to even to experience that 12 minutes of living inside your Minecraft creation, that's got to be good. And then, like I say, any game following on from that, I think, say. It's, I mean, Plus, I, bodies get used to things pretty quick. Yeah, it didn't put me off. I mean, I read that and it was like that, as you said, it, tick, it kind of ticks the boxes, that whole sense. And I know there's lots of people trying to be smart now and saying, look at that geek, you know, like, and it's like, but you're in a different world. Yeah, you know, yeah I don't, totally. I, don't I mean, you care. might look like a Wally, but in the privacy of your own lounge, it's fine. Just draw, draw the curtains. <laughs> in fact, don't even turn on the light. There's, there's really no need. <laughs> what's, what's different from that? Um, okay, so that is, um, that's nearly everything I've got to say. Um, however, No Man's Sky. So I've been seeing some previews for No Man's Sky. I say previews in the lightest possible way. It pretty much looks exactly like I've seen before. But they're kind of saying they're ready to launch in June. So not very far away now. This No Man's Sky is this massive grand um, vision of this universe that's going to live inside this game. And it's a vast, vast, vast thing. Um, procedurally generated. Um, and you go around and do stuff um, apparently you're going to find the center of the universe that's your main aim um, but they have really not given you any other details other than that um, and that's fine ian's very enthusiastic about this game i am highly skeptical that this is going to be anything other than a fantastic tech demo fine <laughs> it's coming to ps4 and it's coming to pc it's not coming to xbox that we know of yet um no. and it does it looks pretty the, the the scope and the kind of the concept behind it is is pretty dramatic that it's supposedly a multiplayer game yet the there's no chance of you ever meeting because of the vastness of if you know imagine they're trying to recreate a kind of galaxy basically or you know even a universe um the chances of you ever meeting another player is is they say virtually zero and you can't actually go and join your friends so it's not they're not even giving the option to go and say oh where's your coordinate i'll come and join you apparently not per so it's not really a massively multiplayer game it's perfect game for us the um so <laughs> it's I, so I, view. <laughs> get away i i still love the visual style of it yes the I, visuals I love the grand the, the grand idea behind it I, there's a bit of me loves because there's so much of gaming for all the people saying you know oh this is something new a lot of it is does feel quite jaded and tired and this this is trying to do something different I love the music. So six five days of static of doing the music, and I love their music. So everything is ticking the boxes for me. Um, I love the fact that they just came out a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh. And then they came As out and did a similar demo last year, and I still went, oh. And I've read the articles that they've been drip feeding over the last six months, and it's still ticking all the boxes. And I've just I saw some of the previews today, and I was like, yep, still want to play this. Uh, and and I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm immune to wanting to play it. I just I genuinely think I'm going to play it for an hour and then go. Oh, so I probably because the concept is amazing. I agree. It's yep. create a universe, procedurally generated um, planets that will the, the the equations that make those planets mean that anyone who visits that planet is going to see the same thing at the same time. So it's like a living. It's like it's, although these planets, you know, when no one's there, they these are just equations of going through. Um, 
when you if you affect something on that planet theoretically when you go back that same effect should still be in place so if you chop down a tree effectively that tree should still be chopped down um, which all sounds sounds it, impossible to me it, it, it sounds like the lily drone that we mentioned earlier it sounds like this this amazing ambition and that's why i'm highly skeptical about actually not, the reality am, of this so i'm optimistic i want to I want to believe <laughs> the truth yeah. is out there. <laughs> I mean, I, I I thought some and and you know some of the things that I went going through my head about shared experience. They're they're kind of saying to you, no, that's not that's not it. It's not a shared experience. There is this very very what will be a lonely experience, really. Even though theoretically, there's potentially thousands of people out there in you know in the same environment. You're never going to meet anyone. You, apparently they are going to have aliens though, so they're going to have non-playing aliens who will be um, interactable with um, uh, their language. We not possible for you to understand at start. Uh, eventually, you get to learn their language, and the more you choose to learn their particular language, uh, the more you can trade with them. So there is trading, and they're, they're basically it's a bit elite-like. They've got um, sort of different um, elements that you that are useful for you um, and upgrading you and your ship and your suit that you wear so you can visit more planets yep 24th I think I've just June. given you about nine months worth of updates in, in half a second yeah 24th of June and um, I'll be buying it buying I know. it for PS4 it'll be four, it's going to be a $60 game as well so it'll be a 50 quid game here bring it because I, I, I think a lot of people thought it was because it's like a little indie title you know, it's that like windy game. This should be like a fiver. You know, oh, I don't know. I know. Well, I never thought that. I mean, they, no, it was never was clear what their their vision was. Whether it was going to exactly. be subscriptiony type service. No, or there, was... there was just I think there was lots of people saying, you know, so Hello Games were used, but were known for doing like Joe Danger and some other kind of, you know, but what indie. And when it first when they first talked about it, they said we're a three man team, and then it grew to a ten man team, and it has grown a little bit. Um, and so some people are saying, well, it doesn't really. That shouldn't be a full price. It's like, what, what, what is the size of team going to do with determining? The and who, yeah, who are you to say that? Anyway, yeah. the the the, the, ga- the only games that I've ever known to have not really released any details ahead of time are either extremely good games or extremely poor games. Uh, we're, oh, we, I know on. where oh, I sit. Hold on, hold on. There's a difference here. There's a difference between releasing details, right, and games that don't review before no, they're released uh, the, most so, the, the games that have been highly secretive about the developments are normally the gta kind of games of this world or the 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 right porkers of the, so <laughs> this no, there's, world. There's, there's gta but there's also ones like halo so halo never mentioned anything about the flood you know none of the reviews really mentioned any and then you hit the flood and you're like oh my god it's crap um <laughs> But there's, the, I think there's, there's, there's quite a few games where there's not released too many details at this point. You know, two or three months beforehand. You know, there's still plenty of time. Where I would worry is if there's like a review embargo until the twenty fourth or the twenty first. That ind- indicate to me that there's some issues. And we've seen that time and again. Ubisoft are famous for the you cannot publish this review until it's out for sale on some of their big titles. Like what was the one? Not the division that's out next week. What was the one that was last year? Uh, yeah, and I he used his, he used mean. his powers and all that kind of nonsense. And... Which he bought. Uh, dog, yeah. dog, dog. Is it dogs? Dog, uh, something soldier. Some bomb dogs. No, no, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, Division. I am semi interested in. Uh, I'm yet to see any sort of good thing review to sort of go by. Um, some people rave over it. Some people say it's a bit nothing special. Watch dogs. Watch dogs. There you go. Told you I had a dog in it. <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah division i'm quite interested in and the other one that's coming out soon is quantum 
is it Quantum Break? Is that the one called? And that's obviously being pushed big by Microsoft because that's a console exclusive. Um, and no, it's not console. Is it console exclusive? I can't remember now. Anyway, whatever. It, no, I think it is a console exclusive. I just shattered myself. Um, again, that that's obviously a big release. I think it'd be another one that actually doesn't sell very well, but actually the underlying game, I think people have said, is actually quite uh, quite good. Yeah, Maybe. whatever. I've just upset no, that... you because... <laughs> no, it's well, just... Well, no like... Man's Sky, it's going to be no, good. No, no, no. no. That, to me, that, to me that's, just a, that's just another one that it's like, um, that there's not too much about. The other thing about No Man's Sky, and we'll find out in a couple of weeks, hopefully, how good would that be with a VR headset on? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, like Elite, yeah. It, it, add, it would add immensity to it. Yes, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. But it'd still be better if you had a game. That, in, have you got a pick? Um, I actually think I did, but I've forgotten. <laughs> so no, <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, we talked far too long anyway. Uh, let's um, let's just say if you want to hear more about us and what we do, info at no digital w, This internet thing is never going to catch on. It's too complicated. Email info at digitaloutbox.com. Twitter is digital outbox. If you want to talk to me, you can. Cheesy UK is my Twitter handle, uh, and my blogging is academyracer.co.uk. There's a nice article on there now. If you want to find out how much it costs to insure to race uh, for a year uh, in a catering, you can go and find out. Um, it's far far more than you'd ever imagine, and. Uh, soon I'm going to be testing first test is to Friday, Saturday so there will be news and updates on my first testing outing in my new car Vic I know what about you where are you uh, blogging.net Twitter is sweeper are you a motor racing yes. driver have you got anything exciting uh, a racing driver well you sounded nonplussed about my life what are you doing <laughs> Uh, just try to be healthy. I was out with the drone last week, as I said. I saw your so, picture, actually. Your photo of the the lake at was it sunrise or sunset? It was sunrise, and it was minus seven. And it looked, but it the picture looked amazing. Uh, picture was, of a picture. Do you know what? I was absolutely gutted with my with my photos, but so disappointed. Did they not come out well in the end? No, the, the photos were fine, but I had so much what I wanted to do with the drone, uh, but I got so cold. I actually had to take I had to take my gloves off to fly and touch yeah. the screen. And so then it just all oh, yeah. The next day, my fingertips on my right hand were still unfeelable. Wow, that's uh, that's dedication for you. So um, I, I was okay. Bit, wait uh, for a summer sunrise. You'd have to get up <laughs> earlier, but at least you won't freeze to death. But that's the difference. That's the difficulty because it's like I didn't get up at three in the morning. Yeah. Um, because this was like it was like an hour and a half drive away. Yeah, so that's, uh, anyway, it's, it's pretty nobody dedicated. Needs, nobody needs to hear this nonsense. No. Anyway, yeah, that's it. We will speak to you next week. Um, I will have done my racing. Ian will have frozen his fingers. And we will have more news to talk to you about. Uh, we'll speak to you then. Goodbye. Ta-da.